0: Chapter 15, Fire Alfie felt a little guilty that Amy spent the rest of her vacation in Hexbridge scouring the marketplace for the talisman with him, but he had to find it. Even Artan had insisted in joining in on the search, flying out in the middle of the night to scour the hillside and village square under strict instruction not to let himself be seen. As they helped Granny pack away the last of the festival stalls, Alfie tried to fight the feeling that the talisman was lost for good. Alfie's dad drove Amy to the train station at the end of the week, singing along loudly to the Beatles as he drummed on the steering wheel. Alfie and Amy sat in the back seat, holding a whispered conversation over the scrap of paper onto which Alfie had hastily scribbled down the fate's strange prophecy. "'That bit there,' whispered Amy. "'Others chase his secrets now?' "'and dream of what could be? "'Their search is nearly at an end. "'Tonight they hold the key. "'Didn't you say the talisman was a key "'to the seal you and Robin found in the cellars? "'What if you didn't lose it? "'Maybe someone stole it. "'Someone who wants to open that door.' "'Alfie felt as though someone had tipped "'a bucket of icy water over him. "'What do you think is down there?' "'She asked, eyes wide. "'Did you ask Caspian?' Alfie shook his head. No. And I can't ask him now without telling him I've lost the key. What if he takes the castle back? I hated it in the city. I can't go back to how things were there. Emmy raised an eyebrow. I I, I mean, of, of course, I miss you, he said quickly. But you're all I miss about living there. Things are so great here with Dad. It hasn't been like this since before Mom died. It felt as though his whole wonderful new life was on the verge of crumbling into dust. At the station, Alfie found it even harder to say goodbye to his friend this time around. Oh, I hope you find it, Al, said Amy as she climbed on board her train after promising to visit during the Christmas holidays. "Mm, Me too, said Alfie, but he was losing hope teachers seemed much more relaxed than usual on the first day of school after break during assembly miss renard announced that the head mistresses had decided to take their first vacation in 25 years alfie was sure she was trying to stop herself from joining in when everyone cheered at the top of their voices over the next few weeks the whole atmosphere at Wormwald house was much lighter but Alfie was too tired to appreciate it properly. He wasn't sleeping well. Without the talisman, he couldn't even open the study again. And what if he got another letter from Orrin but couldn't read it? He even had dreams that the seal below the castle had been opened. Dark shadows were spilling out to drag him down into the earth, and he couldn't close it again without the talisman. It didn't help that he kept imagining he could hear giant wings flapping around the castle. He had picked up the phone to call Caspian on three occasions, but the thought of losing the castle and the relationship he had with his dad made him put the phone down without dialing every time. I spoke to Artan last night, Alfie told his cousins as they worked on algebra problems at the back of Mrs. Boyd's math class. He reminded me of something. When I was walking to the stage to be crowned, I tripped and nearly went flying, and Snitch grabbed my arm before I fell. Hey, that doesn't sound like her, said Robin suspiciously. No way, added Madeline. She'd love to see any of us fall flat on our faces. So why did she help you? Well, that's what I was wondering. Artan said he saw Merkle stick out of her foot and trip me in the first place. He thinks Snitch took the talisman when she pulled me up. (gasps) I wouldn't put anything past them, spat Madeline. Amy thinks thinks whoever took it probably knows it's a key. Remember when they tried to steal plans of the castle from your library? You think they know about the seal? Asked Robin, pretending to write something as Mrs. Boyd passed their way. Uh, If they took it, whispered Alfie, and if they did, then they must know what's down there. There was a cold silence as Robin and Madeline stared at Alfie. No way, said Madeline, burying her head in her textbook as Mrs. Boyd shot their table a warning glance. No one has even been in the castle for hundreds of years. How could they know what's down there? I don't know, said Alfie. But if Merkel and Snitch want it, it can't be good. November crept by and still no sign of Merkle and Snitch Alfie wondered what they were doing had they left for good or were they hiding out in the wing of the school where they lived plotting ways to sneak into the castle and get at whatever was hidden below the cellars Artan had offered to fly him out at night to spy on the school but over the last few weeks more and more animals had been disappearing from farms for miles around. It looked as though the dragon wasn't even waiting for a new moon anymore. It was gorging itself every night. And Alfie didn't want to be in the air at the same time as the beast. Although Alfie tried to keep up a brave face in front of his dad, he no longer felt as happy and safe in his new home as when they first moved in. He felt like asking his dad if they could move in with Granny or Aunt Grace and Uncle Herb, at least for a while. Caspian's words kept ringing in his ears. If they ever stopped calling the castle home, it would be sealed forever. What would happen if they left for a short while? Did he really want that, when his dad didn't have to worry about money here and had so much time to spend with him? Alfie was now sure that he wasn't imagining the Great Wings beating around the castle at night. As he dozed fitfully, He could almost feel the castle's unease it was alert as if it knew what was out there one night as he awoke for the third time he couldn't take it anymore he raced out onto the battlements and shattered up at the cloudless at the cloudy moonless sky what do you want just leave me alone the wind whipped his words away into the night sky which was so cloudy that he couldn't tell whether the shadow disappearing over the hills was real or imagined. Alfie? called a voice from the courtyard just below. Are you okay? Ashford was standing on the cobbles, staring up at him concernedly. Alfie made his way down to the butler, briefly wondering what he was doing, fully dressed, at three in the morning. You seem tormented said Ashford, as he sat Alfie at the kitchen table and offered him hot chocolate and a plate of cookies. Is there anything I can help you with? Just nightmares, said Alfie as he drank from the steaming mug. I've seen you searching for something with your cousins. His eyes flickered briefly to Alfie's neck, then looked up, as if briefly briefly scrutinizing his face. Have you lost something? Is that why you can't sleep? Alfie kept his face blank. Did Ashford know something about the talisman? Why? Have you found something? No, but maybe I can help If you tell me what you are looking for and where you might have lost it. Oh, oh, that's okay. It's nothing important. The butler seemed to know more than he was letting on and it was making Alfie uncomfortable. He got to his feet. Uh, I'd better get back to sleep. Thanks for the hot chocolate. My pleasure, sir. Ashford's usual broad smile washed back over his face. If there's anything I can do, you know where to find me. Alfie darted back upstairs to bed. Until he found the talisman, he couldn't risk putting his trust in anyone, especially someone who seemed to be keeping secrets of his own. At school, preparations for the play were well underway, and Alfie tried to show some excitement about it. Miss Bernard and Mr. Ramdhay had written a musical based on the adventures of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. All the main parts went to older pupils. First-year students were peasants, pages, or servants, with the exception of Alfie. As he was lending the school props from the castle, it was a unanimous decision that he take on the role of the young Arthur. It was only a small part, as squire to Sir Kay. But he did have four words to say and would get to pull Excalibur out of the stone. Jimmy's big brother, Cormac Feeney would play the main part of the adult King Arthur. Alfie thought Madeline seemed rather jealous of his role. He wasn't surprised. She was playing Serving Girl number 3 and had to spend most of her time curtseying to boys. With the performance only weeks away, Mr. ramtage's music and drama lessons had turned into rehearsals. And Mrs. Salvador's art classes were taking up with scenery, painting, and prop-making. Today, the classes were back-to-back, and Alfie headed straight from rehearsals to the art class they shared with the 2nd years. The art room felt like a medieval junkyard, as they worked among castle walls, cardboard trees, and papier-mâché helmets. Alfie was putting the finishing touches to a forest he was painting on the main backdrop when Holly bounced over. (gasps) Beaming. <gasps> You'll never guess what I just heard! Alice, Papa Wait just told me that Jenny Wheeler told her friend that Orla Feeney heard Merkel and Sitch got fired, so they all stole all the school's money and ran away to France! Really? said Alfie, wondering whether or not to celebrate with Holly and Madeline as they punched the air joyfully. Ah, uh, don't you believe a word my sister says, said Jimmy. She's always making stuff up! the two girls' faces dropped. Well, at least they're not here for now, said Alfie, going back to dotting yellow highlights onto his trees. I'm pretending they went rafting, got swept out to sea, and had to eat each other. That sent everyone off, making up their own reason for the headmistress's disappearance, each more gruesome than the last. Jimmy was in the middle of pretending to be Miss Merkle, stuck inside the stomach of a rhinoceros, when he looked at his wrist and stopped. ah, pants! He put up his hand to get the teacher's attention. Mrs. Salvador, Mrs. Salvador! I left my watch backstage during rehearsals. Can I go get it? Okay, my dear, but just be quick, said Mrs. Salvador as Jimmy raced off to the school hall. Now, everybody gather round so we can admire your masterpieces. The class formed a semicircle around Mrs. Salvador, who began pointing out the dense nicks and scratches on Ben Carter's papier-mâché sword and shield. Just look at the attention to detail. This shield looks as though it has seen many fierce battles. Jimmy's taking a long time, whispered Robin as the teacher moved on to scenery. Alfie had just been thinking the same. Before he could answer, a shrill bell made everyone jump. "'Okay, Poppins, keep calm,' said Mrs. Salvador as everyone covered their ears. "'That's the fire alarm. Leave your coats and bags lined up now and follow me.' "'Miss, miss, what about Jimmy?' asked Alfie as they followed her to the nearest fire exit. "'I'll bet he's already outside.' said Mrs. Salvador. I'm sure it's just a drill, but we'll take a roll call once everyone is out of the building. They were the first class to reach the playground, and Jimmy was nowhere to be seen. Alfie looked out for him as the other classes arrived. Stop running! Stop running! shouted Mrs. Bernard as her class raced out of the school, screaming. The hall is on fire! shouted the boy leading the group. Two girls dashed out behind him. Their eyes bright, the school is burning down, they yelled. Hey, can you see Jimmy, called Alfie, straining to be heard above the noise. Did he come back from the hall? He's not here, said Madeline, and that was the last class. Miss, 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 Alfie called to Mrs. Salvador. Jimmy's not here, Miss. I'm sure he is around, dear, said Mrs. Salvador. as She flapped her arms in a futile attempt to herd everyone together. I'll do the roll call as soon as everyone is in line. Alfie left her rushing around after his classmates, who were running wildly around the playground. He tried to get the attention of another teacher, but they were too busy trying to calm the mob to hear him. I'm going to go find him. I'm going to go now, he said, heading back toward the school. No, Alfie, no, it could be dangerous, said Robin, pulling him back by the sleeve. Mrs. Salvador said it's just a drill. They're just being stupid. I bet there's really not a fire. He slipped out of his cousin's grasp and motioned him back toward the group. Cover for me when they do the roll call. I'll see you back in class. With that, he made the most of the chaos to sneak back into the school unseen. Alfie's pounding footsteps echoed back at him as he ran toward the school hall. He had never heard the place so quiet. There was always a hum of activity from the classrooms, even when the corridors were empty. He hadn't really believed himself when he told Robin that there was nothing to be worried about. Nearing the school hall, he caught the smell of smoke and his fears were confirmed. He swung open the doors to the hall and was hit by a wall of heat. A thick cloud of smoke billowed around him. Through it, He could just make out orange flames licking up the stage curtains at the far end of the hall. Jimmy! He called over the crackling of the fire. Are you there? There was a loud crash as one of the lighting rigs fell from the ceiling onto the stage, splintering the floorboards as the bulbs shattered. He heard a yell from the wings of the stage. Off he stood frozen in the doorway, one foot still in the corridor, as he frantically wondered what to do. The fire was spreading fast. If he went back to get the teachers... They might not get to Jimmy in time. He took a deep breath as he made his decision. Tying his sweater around the lower part of his face, he grabbed a fire extinguisher and fought his way through the smoke, calling out Jimmy's name. A sharp, sudden stab of pins and needles prickled all over his body as he dodged around the pools of flame that spattered the hall. What could have caused a fire like this? The prickling sensation got worse as he climbed onto the stage. As a strip of burning curtain dropped in front of him, Something thumped into his chest, and he felt a painful jolt shoot down his arms into his hands, where white sparks crackled like electricity under his fingernails. It felt as though something inside him was trying to get out. Could it be the magic? Was it trying to help him? He could almost feel it inside as he staggered on through the smoke, a churning power with a keen hunger. Jimmy! He yelled again. Halfie! called Jimmy's voice from the wings. Over here! I can't get through the flames! I'm trying to get to you! called Alfie, following the noise of his friend coughing. Try not to breathe the smoke! He kept catching glimpses of Jimmy through the wall of flames. He was holding up a sheet of canvas to try to shield himself from the heat. Alfie reeled back as the flames flared higher, as if he were in the world's largest oven. Another insistent "'Jolt shot through his arms, making his fingers tingle. "'Stop it! I don't know what you want me to do!' "'He shouted over a buzzing that sounded like a heat hive of bees inside his head. "'I've got a fire extinguisher!' "'He called to Jimmy. "'I don't think you'll do much, so you've got to be ready to run!' "'He prayed Jimmy heard him as he pressed the trigger and staggered forward, "'using the foam to clear a narrow path through the flames. "'Okay, get ready!' "'He called as he battled to keep the root through the fire open. "'Now, Jimmy, run!' As the last of the foam dripped from the extinguisher, Jimmy burst through the flames with the canvas wrapped tightly around him. Alfie pulled him to his feet, and they staggered from the stage, struggling to breathe as the thick smoke threatened to fill their lungs. There was a loud crack above them. Alfie looked up as the curtain rail gave way, and the heavy Fleming stage curtain slid down toward them. He leapt off the stage, dragging Jimmy with him, and rolling out of the way as the vast blanket of burning velvet landed right behind them. Alfie screamed out in pain as his whole body jolted and the buzzing in his head became unbearable. As Jimmy tried to pull him to his feet, the door suddenly burst open. Men in face masks and helmets charged into the room, calling instructions to one another as they arranged hoses and started to tackle the blaze. Before Alfie could even call out, he was picked up and thrown across the shoulder of a fireman who rushed him out of the building as steam and smoke billowed down the hallway behind them. Alfie took deep breaths through the oxygen mask over his face as he sat in the ambulance wondering what had happened to him in the hall. Had the magic been trying to get him to use it? Or was it out of control? He remembered the intense hunger he had sensed as if it wanted to feed in the flames. He watched the paramedic apply butterfly stitches to a cut above Jimmy's eye. Madeline, Robin, and all of Jimmy's brothers and sisters were crowded around the open doors. Are they going to be okay? Asked Sinead Feeney, Jimmy's oldest sister. They'll be fine, said the paramedic. Although this one will have a nice little scar through above his eyebrow. Alfie thought Jimmy perked up quite a bit when he heard this. Did you see how the fire started, Jimmy?" Someone asked. No idea, but it was bloody quick. I found my watch and was putting it on when I heard someone moving around in the hall. I poked my head through the curtains to see who it was and suddenly I was surrounded by flames, like someone was using a flamethrower. Thanks for coming to get me, my mate, but you're a total idiot. I'll say, said Mrs. Renard, appearing at the ambulance doors. Alfie had never seen her angry for. The firemen were on their way and we asked you all to wait outside for your own safety. Alfie Bloom, by going back into the school, you not only endangered yourself, but also created another person to be rescued. It was extremely foolish of you. Alfie had to look away from his teacher's stern green eyes as she stared gravely at him. is the Winter King, miss, laughed Edward Slottington hurrying over to enjoy the show. "'Yeah, Miss, he probably thought he could put out the flames out with his ice powers,' added Hugo Pugsley with a snort. Alfie's face felt even hotter than it had among the flames. "'That's enough from you, too,' snapped Miss Renard. Her face softened as she turned back to Alfie and Jimmy, sitting shamefaced in the ambulance. "'Foolishness aside, I'm very glad to see you both safe.' "'The firemen told me they might not have reached Jimmy in time "'if you hadn't gotten him away from the flames. "'The entire stage and much of the hall has been destroyed. "'You were both very lucky!' "'Jimmy's sisters cried out in alarm when they heard this "'and leapt into the ambulance to smother their brother with hugs and kisses. "'His older brothers heaped their gratitude on a sheepish Alfie "'as he watched the two hecklers drift away.' obviously disappointed at their entertainment being cut short. Miss Renard turned to Alfie and said quietly, I can't condone your actions, and it was very wrong of you to rush in there. But her eyes twinkled as she treated him to a dazzling smile. Well done, Alfie. Very well done, indeed. Alfie's stomach did a little leap at the unexpected praise from his favorite teacher as she rushed off to reassure the frantic parents were starting to turn up at the gates. The school wasn't closed for long, much to everyone's disappointment. Only the main hall had been damaged by the fire. Alfie and Jimmy hadn't suffered more than a few scratches and sore throats from the smoke. So by the time the school reopened, they were declared perfectly well enough to join their classmates. However, Miss Bernard had told Alfie's dad what had happened during the fire, and he had been grounded for the foreseeable future. His dad had never spoken to him so sternly before, but what had upset Alfie most was seeing the worry hidden behind the anger. He had made Alfie promise never to do anything so dangerous and impetuous again. Alfie had to admit that he had been let off lightly. He knew how stupid he had been. Guilt still squirmed in his stomach as he hoped he could, be, he could keep his promise. Although the whole building had been well aired, it still smelled strongly from the fire. It reminded Alfie of the smells that sometimes wafted up from his dad's workshop. The hall had been made safe so that work could begin on the fire-damaged areas, but it was off limits to the pupils. It was obvious that it would take months to rebuild the stage and repair the rest of the damage. "'That afternoon, Alfie sat shoulder to shoulder with the other pupils "'as they crammed into the small dining hall for assembly. "'As we won't have a main hall for a few months, "'things will have to be a little cozier for a while,' said Miss Bernard. "'She had been leading assembly during the headmistress's mysterious absence, "'and it was a lot less daunting now that no one had to worry about "'being singled out by Merkle and Snitch. "'However, Alfie could see that everyone was a little on edge today.' They were expecting bad news. I know you were all looking forward to the school play, Alfie groaned along with the rest of the gathered pupils as everyone gloomily predicted Miss Bernard's next words. But as you know, we we no longer have anywhere to perform. So it is with great regret that we have decided to cancel the play this year. Dozens of pupils, dozens of voices called out in protest at the news particularly from pupils with major parts. That's not fair, called out one of the older students. We've been rehearsing for months. And all the props and costumes are safe in the art rooms, added another. We spent ages making them. Someone behind Alfie started shouting about how unfair it was that the the hall had burned down before the play, rather than during exam time, and suddenly Everyone was shouting and pleading for the play to go ahead. As the teachers tried to calm everyone down, Alfie had a brilliant idea. He rushed over to Miss Bernard and could see Madeline and Robin strained to hear what he was whispering to her. "'Okay, everyone, settle down,' called Miss Bernard as Alfie went back to his seat. "'Quiet, please!' Mr. Ramthag finally caught their attention by playing loud dramatic chords on the piano. Alfie Bloom has just made the school a very generous offer. The squabbling died down as everyone shushed one another to listen to Miss Bernard. If everyone still wants the school musical to take place before Christmas, a couple of whoops went up from the back of the hall, Alfie has just offered to let us use the great hall in Hexbridge Castle. At this, a massive cheer went around the room. All in favor of performing at the castle next month, raise your hands. Nearly every hand in the hall shot into the air. The only two that didn't were those of Edward and Hugo, as they scowled through the applause and whistles that filled the room. Such a very kind offer, said someone from the back of the hall. A shiver ran down Alfie's back as he recognized the razor sharp voice. He could feel the joy draining out of the room. Merkel and Snitch were back. An offer we are very grateful to accept, as the school appears to have been partly destroyed in our absence, sneered Snitch. Oh, Miss Merkle and Miss Snitch said Miss Bernard, clearly as surprised at their arrival as the pupils who were suddenly trying to sit up as upright as possible. I didn't realize you were coming back today. I'd say it's fortunate that we have, snapped Snitch. Otherwise, there might not have been a school left for us to return to, added Merkel. The two women were clearly enjoying catching everyone off guard. They strode proudly to the front of the room, sweeping Miss Bernard aside. Alfie stared up at them in dismay. They looked even bigger and more dangerous than he remembered. "'It appears that standards have slipped over the past few weeks,' announced Snitch as everyone in the room redoubled their efforts to look like model pupils. Then she said something Alfie found very surprising. "'Not to worry!' We'll whip everything back into shape in no time. However, young Alfie's most generous offer has certainly lined our clouds with silver. She flashed a smile at the gathered children. Alfie found himself flinching in astonishment with the others. It was obvious that no one quite knew how to react to Snitch being nice. Well, let's have three cheers for Alfie Bloom. Merkel beamed. What the? burst out Madeline amaze- in amazement as the hall hip hip parade. Do you think they had personality transplants while they were away? I don't know, said Alfie, unsettled as he looked at Merkel and Snitch's smiling faces. But I'm starting to think I've just done another very stupid thing.